The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, it's now 0-10 when the Royals score three runs or less. 10-0 when they score four or more. And tonight they were on the wrong side of that magic number as the Royals score only three and drop game three of the series with Cleveland 5-3. Hey, welcome in at your dish for game three. It's Davo, and yeah, rough game for the Royals tonight. One you thought had such promise, such potential in the first couple of innings. The top of the second, to be exact, you're sitting in a 0-0 game when all of a sudden, bam, Salvador Perez breaks out of a tough slump. Been over 20 at-bats since his last hit. First home run of the year, straightaway center field. You're thinking, great, one nothing. We're facing a tough guy in Masterson. You got to sink her up. That's big. Next hitter, Mike Moustakis, a paint scraper, got out to right field by probably three to six inches, but it counted. Royals up 2 nothing. You're enthralled. They're hitting Justin Masterson. Not really working the count too much, but they are you know, getting some good wood on the ball, especially in that second inning. But the key in this game really came down to each of the two innings the Royals scored. So did Cleveland. So Cleveland came back in the bottom of the second. There were two outs, runners on the corners. Jason Vargas could not quite get out of that inning unscathed as Michael Bourne unloaded with a triple into the right center gap with two outs scoring as Rubel Cabrera, Mike Avilas. That tied the game at two. Then you go to the top of the sixth inning. Mike Moustakis steps up big again. As Rex Hubler would say, he's been driving the bus the last few games. Another big two-out base hit to score Eric Hosmer. That gave the Royals a 3-2 lead, but then it happened again. Bottom of the sixth, two outs, a runner at first. It seemed as though Jason Vargas was destined to get out of that inning at under 100 pitches and with the Royals still ahead, but that runner, Michael Brantley, took off for second, and then two errors occurred on the same play. And uh, The first one was just Salvador Perez made a, you know, a tough throw down there. It short-hopped Omar Infante, really a tough short-hop, too. One of those in-betweeners got past Infante, went in center field. Okay, runner at third, right? No, Gerard Dyson inexplicably comes in, attacks it like it's the tie game in the bottom of the ninth with a ground ball up the middle. The ball just skips off his glove, gets behind him, and the run scores all the way from first. Royals tied with Cleveland at three. And I love Gerard Dyson. I do. That's what speed do. I love his enthusiasm. He's a homegrown Royal. Love him. Love watching him play. Love watching him run the bases especially, but... Can we finally admit he's not good in center field defensively? We keep hearing Ned Yost, you know, the last couple of years, gushing over his ability to cover ground, which is true to a degree. He does make some nice catches, no doubt about that. But we've also seen plenty of banana routes out there from Dyson in center field. And that's at least three times in the last, well, year that I can remember off the top of my head where you have a basic ground ball up the middle or, you know, because essentially that throw from Salvi was a ground ball up the middle. That's three times in the last year he's let the ball skip by him. It happened once earlier this year on, I believe it was the first homestand for the Royals. That was an error. It happened tonight. Really could have changed the entire game. That was an error. And there was a game last year, I want to say it was in Anaheim. There was a game last year where it happened as well when he came in as a defensive replacement in the late innings. It's, it's just time. I mean, Dyson's got a plus arm, no doubt. He takes, well, I don't want to say he takes good routes. That's not true. He has speed and can get to some balls that some other center fielders could not get to. That's definitely true. But when you can't field a ground ball time and time again, I'm just not comfortable with him out there every day. So 
Obviously, this is a topic for a different day, but center field is a position that will need to be addressed this offseason, perhaps maybe at the deadline if the Royals are in it. With Lorenzo Cain proving time and time again he cannot stay healthy, Gerard Dyson proving he can't play defense or hit enough, not to mention he'll start becoming more expensive with arbitration here as the years go on. But we'll leave that. Love Dyson. Don't mean to hate on him. I'm just calling it how I see it. And, and you know, it's just it's frustrating to see that kind of stuff happen, especially when you're in a tight game with a division foe and you're needing a split in this series. So we talked about the bad defense there. Finally, not throwing strikes. That's not acceptable either out of the bullpen. Now, Kelvin Herrera in the seventh, I know he didn't walk anybody, I'm aware, but he fell behind pretty much every single hitter he faced. He was lucky to get the leadoff hitter, Mike Aviles, on a 2-1 up-and-in fastball that would have been ball three. It was a check swing. Aviles did not go around, just happened to make contact. That was one out. Then he got another out after a base hit from Salvador Perez throwing out a runner. So it's almost like he got two pretty fortunate outs. Let's be real here. Then he gave up two big hits, including an extra base hit to put the Royals behind. And then Wade Davis put the icing on the cake by walking the two leadoff hitters in the eighth inning. Now, okay, I I love strikeouts. Strikeouts are so important out of the bullpen. And Wade Davis now, in 10 and a third innings, has 18 strikeouts. That's about 1.7 strikeouts per inning. But he's also walked seven. He's walking somebody nearly every inning, and in many outings, it's a couple at a time. You just you can't have that. You know, his ERA is still under four. You know, I think he'll be okay. At this point, he's the best option in the eighth inning. But just so frustrating seeing guys not throw strikes as they come out of the bullpen. It was a chilly night. It's one of those nights. I'm not going to be too depressed about it. The Royals can still get the split they need tomorrow, but... It's a tough loss in Game 3 in a series you really need to split, especially going to Baltimore. It's a launching pad, and uh, we'll see what happens over the weekend. Hopefully the Royals can step up and match Baltimore with what's likely to be several home runs in that series. So tomorrow, I will not be doing a Davos dish tomorrow, by the way. I refuse to talk about games I did not see with my own eyes. So tomorrow's game, I will not be doing a recap on. I'm going to feel like I owe you only a report if I actually saw the game and all nine innings and got to watch the thing thoroughly. So there will not be one again until the Friday night game in, in Baltimore. But Bruce Chen versus Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, an ERA of 5.40. Pakota has him near five. It's a right-hander. It's it's a guy the Royals got to hit. That's the bottom line. We will not have Salvador Perez, I'm assuming, in the lineup tomorrow. Surely he's got to have a day off, right? Surely. I mean, we can't catch this guy 155 times, can we? You'd think he's out, so we'll, we'll see how the lineup shapes up with Brett Hayes in there. See if Ned does anything different, you know, other than Salvi getting a day off tomorrow. I'm assuming that's going to happen. I couldn't imagine it wouldn't. So you've got a game tomorrow with Bruce Chen going. The Royals need six innings out of Bruce Chen tomorrow. They need six innings, three-run ball, keep them in the game, and hopefully they can knock Kluber around for four or five runs, get to the bullpen, sneak out of town with the split. Then it's a success. You move into Baltimore and see if you can't win that series. So one other uh, note for tonight. Was I the only person just thought that loser that kept yelling, you suck, Kansas City, you suck. Everybody sucked, apparently, in the Royals tonight. Memo to that guy, you live in Cleveland. Why would you bash Kansas City? I heard him one time talk about the city of Kansas City. You live in Cleveland there, buddy. Have another one. Enjoy the you know 2,000 other fans that were there tonight to watch your team defeat the Royals. Hopefully it's different tomorrow. So that's it till Friday night. At Camden Yards in Baltimore, a beautiful place, by the way, that I've been several times. Saw the Royals play out there when I lived on the East Coast back in the day. Until we talk to you again, though, after Friday night's game, take care. Have a good night. Let's hope Bruce Chen goes out. The Royals score some runs, and they get out of town with a much-needed split. This is Clubhouse Conversation, Davos Dish. Have a good night.